Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17. The walk in wisdom, beginning in verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as the unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Father, please teach us. Help us to understand the wonder of this text. And Father, help us to understand the urgency of this text. Father, may this church be united in Jesus Christ. May we be overwhelmed with the privilege of being called your children. So, Lord, help me. Help me to explain this with clarity and the power of your Spirit, the authority of your Scripture. In Christ's name, amen. The word, therefore, beginning at verse 15, comes out of a basic invitation, awake sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, and he gave us life principles to the believer. Be careful how you walk. Okay? Remember, we are looking all the way back to chapter 4, verse 1, where Paul urges the church in Ephesus to walk worthy of their calling. We are to walk in humility. We are to walk united. We are to walk different from the world. We are to walk in love. We are to walk in light. And we are to walk in wisdom. Walking in wisdom has three realities. That's what your outline is. It has principles for our life. It has limits for the believer. But it also has the Lord's purposes. And we we need to be looking at our lives individually and that we are conformed to certain standard of life. A letter similar, this is one of the prison epistles, Philemon, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philippians, Paul wrote from imprisonment. And another letter, it's very similar actually to Ephesians, is the letter to the Colossians. In chapter 2, verse 3 and following, it says, Remembering, okay, their hearts will be encouraged, having been knit together in love, attaining to the all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in the true knowledge of God's mystery. That is Christ himself. Okay, Christ himself is in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Okay? All of them are hidden in Christ. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive arguments. All right? Then you drop down there to verse 10. And in him you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. So in Christ is all wisdom and knowledge 
in the true knowledge of Christ, but also in Him, you have been made complete. Complete. Christian, you just don't wander around doing whatever you please. I shared with you, be careful how you walk in verse 15, because that word there has to do with an exactness. An exactness. It goes back to the narrow gate. It's a compressed entry, but it's a compressed path. If we walk it, we must walk it carefully. And it is easy in this dark world to stumble or find out that somebody moved the furniture and kicked the edge of it and whatever. But we are to walk with an exactness. We are to walk in a narrowness. We are to walk alert. I don't know if you've ever read Pilgrim's Progress, but if you read it, Pilgrim gets sidetracked. And he just gets off on these one little places and this one little... It's a very accurate picture of what we do because we're cruising along and we're doing really good and then all of a sudden I'm in the bog of despair. And you, how did I get there? Well, you, you walked into it. Okay? That's a good read in case you're curious. I would go get the new modern translation because the original King's English is a tad bit on the what? <laughs> anyway. Maybe it's just me. So I'll take it back to a little better understanding for myself. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to the wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. If you remember, some of you remember, I, I, we went through uh, Romans. And, and Romans chapter 1 is one of the most terrifying texts for an unbeliever you can get. I mean, actually the first three chapters. But Romans chapter 1 says that that which can be known of God is evident in them. Okay, so do you realize how difficult it is for an unbeliever to reject when the evidence is in them? And I mean, it's, it's, do you realize how utterly insane the thought of evolution is? I mean, science proves that evolution can't happen. And yet, They believe it. And the reason is that the lost people, because of their foolish hearts are darkened, they don't want to have to give an account to a divine being. So I'll act like he ain't there. Do you realize how stupid that is? You've heard the proverbial stick your head in the sand. Well, your rear end's still sticking up there. And because they deny it, they glorify him not. That's why, old goofy me, 
I preach Christ and Him crucified. And to those who are perishing, it's foolishness. Okay? But I look at those people who are perishing and I think, how insane you are knowing, me knowing that what can be known of God is in them. It reminds me of abortion. You know, we all, the the terror and the tragedy of abortion. I've been around long enough now to, to tell you that the tragedy is not the act itself. The tragedy is our society has taken the single strongest natural urge of a woman and corrupted it that she could kill her child. That's how horrible it is. That's how horrible it is. But we, we are wise. And we, because we are wise, need to walk in wisdom. Why have the wisdom of knowledge and the wisdom of Christ in you and walk as a fool? That goes back with that. What? Remember verse 15, we walk wisely. Okay, now if you look at verse 16, it says making the most of your time. The word your is a definite article, so it could be the time. And making the most is actually redeeming definite article, the time. Okay, are you redeeming the opportunity? Go over to the book of uh, Psalms. Psalms chapter 90, verse 12. So, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. You know what he's saying there? Take the time that you have and have it work to wisdom. Remember I told you last Sunday that God in His sovereignty has put two boundaries on us. One is your time. Okay? How much time do I have? Okay. The other is the boundary of what you do, where you go. Okay. So I have a boundary of how long do I have, but I also have a boundary of where I'm wandering off to. Okay. Wisdom. Remember, number my days. The psalmist said, wisdom buys that opportunity on the narrow path. What do you see? Okay, your day to day. 
Okay, uh, uh, Stephanie is a secretary for the school district. I know that Cynthia works for, uh, works for the state. We all have little things that we do, okay? When I'm dealing and interacting with people, okay, ordinary people at the gas station or whatever, I got a lady a tank of gas the other day, okay? And I don't know why. Well, I, yeah, she looked pitiful. But anyway, <laughs> but I was like, here, let me get you some gas. You need to go buy food. Okay. But, but, but I got her a tank of gas and, and she cried and she thanked me and I asked if I could pray with her. You know what she said? No. Okay. Give me that gas back. No. <laughs> got a straw? Anyway, but we, when we're going through the day-to-day stuff, have you been in a grocery store lately where it's got the arrows? Okay. By the time I get that figured out, it'll be over. Okay, so, you know, I, I there's times I just ignore it. I don't even pay attention to it. But I've had people, you know, didn't you see the arrow? But I said, uh, no, I, I didn't see the arrow. And I'm not lying, I didn't see the arrow. Okay, well, you're going the wrong way. Well, turn around and walk backwards. Uh, I don't... Okay. I, I try to engage these people. And I don't want to talk about COVID. I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about things like that. Because you know what? That's all going to pass. Christ ain't. Is the opportunities that God gives me, do I pay attention to them? Remember, the end of verse 16, the days are evil. If we are going to make anything out of evil days, we need to buy up the opportunities. That's why I gave you the list of things needed for the food bank. I know the guy who's running that now. They had kind of turned uh, very secular, and they lost donations like crazy. Uh, the guy that that's running it now, I know him. Prayed together, and he rides a Harley. Okay, but anyway, you, yeah, I'll help. I'll help because the days are evil. And there are opportunities. Listen, do I really have to define or explain to you that the day is full of evil? Everybody would agree with that? All right. With that, that the days are evil, the opportunities for righteousness are few. Okay? The opportunities for goodness are few in the midst of of this evil world. And when they come, we best grab them with both hands and utilize them until they're exhausted. Okay? When God gives you an opportunity to glorify Him, grab it. Grab it as if your life depended on it. Because at some point, those opportunities are going to be gone. 
you will be blessed. Even when the little girl says, no, I don't want you to pray for me. Still blessed. It will be for His name. It will be for Christ's sake. That's what it is to walk in wisdom. Remember when God created? Was anybody there? Okay, I was just curious. Okay. On the sixth day, what did he say? It is very good. Every day he did something, it was good. And on the sixth day, he said it was very good. Then he watched it be corrupted. Okay? And the corruption increases. We have brand spanking new ways of acting evil. Incredible. Listen, when I was a kid, you went outside and played anywhere and everywhere in the neighborhood. And you were told that when the streetlights came on, get your butt home. You can't do that now. You can't do that. You'd be insane to do that now. Okay? We used to hitchhike everywhere. If we wanted to go somewhere, you stick your thumb out. I don't think that's a good idea. What do you think? I don't know. Well, I know for a woman it's not a good idea. I'm not even sure for a guy it's a good idea. I remember one time jumping a train. They used to slow slow down in my neck of the woods. And they, we, our, our instincts, our wisdom said, get in the boxcar this side of town. And when you get over to the other side of town, you jump off of it again. Then you hitchhike back. Well, we weren't paying attention. I got into it in a place called Carlisle, Ohio, which is uh, about 100 miles north of Cincinnati. I got off of it in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> and I had a cousin, had a driver's license. Hey, man, can you come and get me? <laughs> I give you gas money. You come and get me because I don't know when the next train north comes through. You know what? Ain't no way I do that now. Ain't no way. There's so much evil. And yet, you and I, as Christians, are given precious stones of opportunity every single day. And you know what's scary to me as a pastor, as a brother in Christ? I wonder how many never even notice the opportunity. I know Christians right now that don't even realize that it's an evil day. And you get wrapped up in politics and hurricanes and earthquakes and whatever. Don't you understand that's part of it? That's part of it. And God gives each of us opportunities to do things that matter. I hope that we focus on doing good things, righteous things. And I hope that we understand that when we do it, it's not to say, hey, did you see what I did? Okay? It is to say, my king put me here for a moment just as this. And I was, I took his opportunity. 
We are in a world that He made for His glory. Remember what I told you out of Romans 1? What can be known about Him is in them, but they glorify Him not. This place was made for His glory. And His heart is broken over the evil that is in it. His heart is so broken that He sent His Son to die that the evil will be crushed. If God gives you one little opportunity for something to honor Him, grab it. Listen, there's not a lot of goodness out there. It's just not out there. And we need to watch. Remember I said, we walk exact. We walk narrow. That means I am watching. Why? I'm watching for whatever the opportunity. I hope that the two things that I gave you today, you will jump on those opportunities. I'm still working on the India thing. (laughs) But I hope you'll get on it. Okay? Our lives are boundaried. Our time is boundary. Our opportunities are boundaried. And yet we are bombarded by a world that wants to corrupt our influence. Okay? When good comes along, get a hold of it. I'll take you back a little bit. Chapter 4, verse 14. As a result, you are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine and the trickery of men by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Working to deceive you. Okay? It's all out there and they're there's telling you what they're doing. You're a Christian, what do they want to do? They want to deceive you. I've been uh, running into a several unsaved people and they realize what it is I do and they, they always come up with big grand shake your hands, how you doing, preacher? And how you doing? He says, I just want you to know I believe in Jesus. And I've gotten a standard response now. I said, so do demons and they're afraid. Well, that's not really gracious. Have you looked around? There ain't much out there that I can say is gracious. I... I wrote this down. I put a question mark by it. And I thought, do I really want to repeat this? Because it was in my studies when I read it. But I'm going to repeat it. Satan has far more teachers deceiving than we've got with truth. Chapter that same chapter four verse nineteen. And they, having become calloused, speaking of those who have heard, have given themselves over to sensuality, over the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. We become calloused, we become complacent, we become eh, laissez faire. Just don't care. I got things to do. 
Here's the type of deal. Verse 25. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Verse 27. Do not give the devil opportunity. You know, that's why people, when I see people forsaking the assembly together, you know what you just said? I can stand against the devil by myself. That ranks up with those same people who are, believe in evolution. That's stupid. That's stupid. I want to be around saints, even those little gnarly ones. I'd rather be around a whole room full of gnarly saints than one antichrist. Redeem the time. There are people out there who are very religious. They are very pious. They have done miserable, amazing things. And they're promoting lies. I remember a pastor one time came in. He told me, he says, I just got to praise God for his greatness and what he has done for us. I was like, oh, cool. I like it. He says, he gave us a $30 million loan. God did? Wow. (laughs) Hate to break the news to you, Slick. God doesn't loan. We are to redeem this time. We are to use it. We are to utilize it because the day is evil. Now we have limits. Every hour these people in Ephesus lived, were they redeeming the time? Less than a hundred years after the writing of this, Christians were burned at the stake. Nero used to take Christians and dip them in pitch and stick them on a pole to light up his yard parties. They were thrown to the lions for entertainment. Are you redeeming the time? The church in Ephesus, the time was coming fast. It was a difficult place. Difficult place. False gods. Ephesus had a huge palace to Bacchus, who uh, his girlfriend was the fertility goddess. He was the god of wine. Huge palace. One of the biggest buildings in the city of Ephesus. Ephesus was 200,000 plus people. And you had the Temple of Bacchus and you had the amphitheater. That would be our movie theater. So that's what you had. Temple of Bacchus had a big pit in the middle of it because you drink so much you want to get sick you go to the middle of the temple and puke. But that's all right. They take care of you because they had priestesses that were basically prostitutes. Get you a good buzz on. Get your prostitute. Go home, tell your wife, I've been out worshiping. That was the city that this church was in. It was a difficult place. 
Amazing, isn't it? A few years after this letter was written, just a few, there was another letter written to the church in Ephesus by the Apostle John. And he told them how great they were. They were doing great deeds. They tested teaching, make sure it stood up to the truth of Scripture. They were reaching people. They were talking to people. He says, but I have this against you. What was it? You've lost your first love. And I'll give you my translation of it. And if you don't do something to change it, I'm going to remove the candle stand. The light will go out. You know what? Church is gone. That year. And there never was a church in that city ever again. You know what that means? Opportunity's over. Opportunity's over. Their time was shorter than they thought it was. How about you? I got news for you. You're living on borrowed time. I don't know how much you borrowed. The evil of those days when the church fell into the trap, it went out of existence. If you go to Ephesus today, you know what you see? Ruins of a city that was the size of a little bit bigger than Colorado Springs. The time was short. The day was evil. Somebody said they fell prey to the time they lived in. Listen, I don't want you to go looking around at the other churches in town. I want you to look at you. Have you fallen prey to the times that you live in? Listen, they were warned. Anyone who reads this letter is warned. There's a trap coming. Persecution coming. They knew persecution would come. They knew it. They were told it's coming. You will be persecuted for His name's sake. Believer, do you have a sense of urgency? Because the time is at hand. I wonder at times what it will take to bring the church back in these evil days. Okay? I wonder. There's times I, when I'm writing, you know, I ponder. What, what is the wake-up call for the church? How much time do we have? Okay? Castle Rock Baptist Church. How much time do we have? We don't know what the evil days will bring. But I know it will be against our Lord. You know, I, thinking in that same vein, maybe the most evil day of all is the day when everything is so easy that we lose our priorities. 
Is that the most evil of all? Was it just not really that important? Does the church flourish under men like King Jong-un? Does the church flourish under Saddam Hussein? Or does the church flourish when it's affluent? Strongest church in the world right now is in People's Republic of China. Because they can die and they still meet. I can show this all through history. Fox's Book of Martyrs starts with this phrase. The blood of the martyrs becomes the seed of the church. The church was huge in Jerusalem right after Pentecost. And Jesus already told them, go to the ends of the earth, take the gospel. And so they all hunkered down in Jerusalem. And they hid there. And they just, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. God caused the collapse of Jerusalem in 70 AD and didn't leave anything standing. But you know what? The blood of the martyrs was sent forward. And it went to all of the earth. I'm not sure we understand this. I'm not sure we realize the urgency. You know, people say, well, when is the end of the age? That's easy. Easiest question I've ever been asked. It began at the birth of Christ. How much time do we have? Do we see the evil? Or have we been sucked into the system? Have you heard this? You know, then people in the tribulation will take the mark of the beast. Brother and sister, I love you. Every one of you already have. It ain't got nothing to do with no chip or, you know, fingerprint me or anything like that. Let me ask you a question. Do you buy and sell? Whose system are you in? See, we always talk about 666. That's man's number. God's number is seven. That's the complete number. So the mark of the beast is 666. Well, that means you're in man's system. Well, what do you think? You're in man's system? You're already in it. That's why I believe the church is called out of it. That and a few other reasons. Okay? But I see the church right now is sucked into the system. How long is God going to give you? Ask yourself that question right now. Each of it. How long is God going to give you? How much time is God going to give you? Now flip it. You guys know how I am. I have a question. I always have that one that's back here. How much time are you going to give him? Redeem the time. Buy it back. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Listen, he's talking about the church. 
Paul is telling Timothy, this is what's on the horizon, boy. You know, I look today, and I came to <laughs> whatever, okay? But I remember when sin, when you got caught, okay? I know you guys never got caught. I got caught a few times. Well, I got caught more than a few times. Anyway, it was embarrassing. I was embarrassed. I remember running out of a young lady's house out the back door because her mom and dad had come home. I had a pair of shorts on. I forgot my shirt. I forgot my shoes. I forgot my socks. And I ran through raspberry bushes for about 400 yards. And then I walked out on the road. And then it dawned on me, well, my shoes, my socks, and my shirt are laying in the house. So I start walking back towards where my grandparents lived. And I was walking down through there, and here's this kid with a pair of shorts on, barefooted, and bleeding like a stuck pig. And her dad pulled up and says, How are you doing? And you know what? I was embarrassed. But you know what? Today, sin is a badge of honor. It's a badge of honor. It's something for a promotion. If you go back to our text here in chapter 5, redeeming the time, verse 16, making the most of the time. Let us redeem it. Um, for all of you who are really interested and need some new information, it's middle voice in the Greek. Now, don't you all feel better? It means buy up for yourself the time. Buy up for yourself the time. We were called to walk on a narrow way. We were called to walk alert. We were walk, called to walk accurately. Make the most of our time and our opportunities. God puts them out there. Remember in chapter 1? You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. You walk exactly, accurately, redeeming the time, and God will pour out blessings on you. And you know what's really cool about it? He wants you to use it up. I have more. And you do it in a way that gives God the glory. Every day, each one of us God gives us an opportunity. Do you realize that you have people you can reach that I can never reach? Opportunity to do the righteous thing. The opportunity to shun sin. The opportunity to die to self. The opportunity to walk in righteousness. Listen, you, you, are you redeeming the time? Get ready, because i got more. Are you one of these who says, I'm always going, I, I need to pray more. And I will soon. I need to read my Bible. And I will soon. I, you know, I've, I, I know I need to do that. 
I need to serve. I need to serve. And I will soon. I need to tell people about Jesus. I will. I will. I'm going to. I need to ask someone if they're hurting and they want to know what to help them. I will. I will. I just never get to it. I've buried some wonderful people and so many times I hear them say, if I would have. You know what? I walk out of this place, head to the pearly gates. I'm not going to look back and say, I should have. I'm going to say, I did. I redeemed the time. I bought it back. I hope that that will be your passion because the greatest fool is the one who wastes time. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. So then, while we have opportunities, let us do good to all people, especially to those who are of the household of faith. God sends the opportunities. We need to grab them. I think too many of us have been lulled to sleep by our fat society. Our opportunity is tied to time. And time is in direct respect to eternity. Listen. The only piece of eternity you will hold in your hand is right now. You understand that? You're an eternal being right now. And the only utilization you'll... Listen, who are you going to win to Christ in heaven? Who are you going to disciple in heaven? You got somebody picked out? You got on your mind? Hey, Paul, why were you so sarcastic? Come on, man. See what I mean? So that part of heaven that you're dealing with is right now, right now, right now. You cannot live in the past. You cannot live in the future. You live right now. We hold the opportunity right now. Listen, the door is shut. It's too late. Opportunity is gone. Hey, remember the virgins outside waiting for the wedding feast? And they didn't trim their lamps so they could stay? And what happened to them? The door was shut. The door was shut. Jesus said, The night comes when no man can work, and you shall die in your sins. And where I go... You cannot go. Remember what he says in the book of Revelation to the seven churches. I will remove the lampstand. You know what that means? You're no use anymore. Lights out. Party's gone. Elvis left the building. How many times did God call out to Israel throughout the Old Testament and they wouldn't 
listen. But then there was a conclusion. Jesus stood at the hill of Jerusalem and he said, How I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her brood and you would not come. Lost opportunities. Probably the greatest one is who? Judas Iscariot. Talk about a case of waste. Three years of miracles. Three years of teaching. Three years of awesome hanging out with God. And the door shut. So I'm going to close with this thought. When are you finally going to study the Bible? When are you finally going to share Christ? When are you finally going to minister your gifts? And understand, there's boundaries, and it is only by His grace you get the opportunity. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the amazing things that you do in us individually and collectively. But Father, I pray, as Paul told the church in Thessalonica, that you would excel more. So Father, beginning with me, may we, each of us, excel more, striving for the upward calling of Christ, that we may walk in a manner worthy, in humility and unity, different from this world, walking in love, walking in the light, and walking in your wisdom. Thank you, my King. We love you. Amen.